Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. another amazing episode of the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your ever-present host, the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robison. It's that time of year again, friends. You know what I'm talking about, right? That certain feeling in the air, smiles on the faces of people everywhere, and the telltale advertisements. Wait, Christmas? Oh, goodness, no, 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 no. I'm talking about J.L. May. That's right, faithful listeners. I'm part of that beautiful podcast crossover event again this year, and I couldn't be more thrilled. For those of you who are new to the concept, J.L. May is a crossover by comic book podcasters that started way back in the 2016s. Yes, there was more than one somehow. And they covered the wonderful J.L.A. Year One. The party has continued ever since covering stories like Justice, The Silver Age, and Blackest Night. It has been my honor to be part of several of these, and thankfully this year, Michael Bailey has encouraged all of us and guided us, and basically been the whole driving force behind all of us, to delve into that DC era that was surrounding the Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I personally get to contribute two separate episode entries this year, so we're starting things off with a crossover tie-in issue in Outsiders number 29. Cover date, December 2005. The story was Unoriginal Sins Part 1, all together now. Writer was Judd Winnick. Pencils by Matthew Clark. Inks by Art T. Bear. I always said Thybert when I was a kid. Colors by Guy Major. Letters by Jared K. Fletcher. We open at the Rock of Eternity, where the wizard Shazam and the Spectre are engaged in a very serious battle. The Spectre is no longer tied to a human host after the resurrection of Hal Jordan, and that huge force of power wants what is kept in the Rock of Eternity, namely the Seven Deadly Sins. In New York, some time ago, Jade and Arsenal are distributing new communicators to the team. Captain Marvel Jr. and Starfire seem to be taking things well since a recent reveal of team member Indigo being Brainiac 8 and a let's blow up the headquarters plan. Shift, Grace, and Thunder, not so much. They get to be the angsty part of the team. Anyway. New rules going forth. No meetings, no headquarters, no friendships. Back to basics. In Las Vegas, Sabic, a demonic parallel to the wizard Shazam, is laying down some rules of his own. 
It doesn't end overly well for many of the men in his employ, especially when Slade Wilson shows up to offer Sabic membership in the new secret society. While Sabic is initially dismissive, Slade wins him over with tempting offers of power. Over to Mexico, where the Fearsome Five, consisting of Jinx, Shimmer, and Simon at the moment, have been making their home. Yes, I know, it's just three of them. Shut up. They get a visit from Dr. Thaddeus Savannah, who lets them all know that he intends for them to break Shimmer's brother Mammoth out of prison, and go kill a few heroes in the process. Arsenal intercepts Simon's hidden, not-so-hidden communique that lures the outsiders to Alcatraz as the villains are blowing holes in the walls. Simon, Shimmer, Jinx, Mammoth, and Sabic, who has been added to the mix, are all itching for a fight. At the Rock of Eternity, the Spectre succeeds in his goal of releasing the Seven Deadly Sins, which focus in on Sabic and power him up Captain Planet style. Only now, Sabic has grown and become even more monstrous. More like a Power Rangers monster, really. Either way, he's full of evil power and definitely ready to throw down. Needless to say, to be continued. I hope he's home. Why does it sound like I'm using a phone in the UK? I told you never to call me again. Yeah. I know, and modern science has yet to create a device to measure how much I don't care. Look, I'm getting the trailer for this year's JL May together, and I assumed I had to make you a part of it since you're always in everybody's trailer or something. <laughs> well, look at you, leading this year's JL May. Somebody's wearing his big boy pants. So, what's the theme? I sent you an email like a month ago. Like I even pay attention to anything you send me. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? No, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I'm not following. Shocking. The theme this year, I'm, I'm going to, like I'm talking to a child. The theme this year is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I thought it was a fascinating time period in DC's history. So a bunch of us are getting together to talk about the various specials and miniseries and crossovers that led up to Infinite Crisis. It's the event before the event. The whole thing is going to kick off on April 30th, 2020 with a special episode of Views from a Long Box covering the Countdown to Infinite Crisis 80-page giant, and from there, a whole bunch of shows that I will be adding in post-production will discuss these previously mentioned miniseries and crossover issues. And people actually agreed to this? Shockingly, yes! Well, it's probably a good thing that you're going to cover Countdown to Infinite Crisis instead of the Countdown series, because that was a train wreck. Yeah, you know, actually, that was my thinking, too. Now, are you going to help me with this trailer or not? Fine. I will help you with your little trailer. Good. Uh, don't worry, by the way. There won't be any dates for you to get wrong. I hate you so much. J.L. May 2020. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. The event before the event. This crossover kicks off on April 30th, 2020, on Views from the Longbox and continues into Aquaman and Firestorm, 
the Fire and Water Podcast. Robin, everyone loves the Drake. Pop Culture Affidavit, it all comes back to Superman. The Fan Holes Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, the Birds of Prey Podcast, Married with Comics, the Coffee and Comics Podcast, the Longbox Crusade, Task Force X, Relatively Geeky Presents, Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace, and the Dr. DC Podcast. Okay, wow. Talk about how to get things set up for a story, am I right? So where do I begin? Normally in these reviews, I talk about the story, the pacing, the art, etc., etc. Let me cut to the chase right here and now and tell you all of it is pretty darn great. There's even humor peppered in throughout the book that I didn't include. Winnick tells an amazing story and the art team excelled far beyond what I was expecting. This book looks and reads great, and it'd be a shame to pass on it. It definitely fires on all cylinders. What I am going to talk about more is other aspects of this book. How does it relate to Countdown to Infinite Crisis? What really makes this book stand out? Well, settle down, children. Old Man Coffee is gonna talk. Okay, so, Infinite Crisis had a lot of smaller pieces that fit together in the year or so leading up to it, starting with Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Next episode, we'll look at one of those specific events, but right now, I'm just focusing on this single issue in front of us. So how does Outsiders number 29, which is part one of a larger Countdown to Infinite Crisis tie-in story, fit? Well, for starters, there is the stuff involving the Spectre, Shazam, and the Rock of Eternity. All of that mess with an untethered Spectre and releasing the sins comes to a head in the Day of Vengeance storyline which in and of itself will eventually spill into a Spectre miniseries post-Infinite Crisis that bonds the Spectre to Crispus Allen. The Day of Vengeance series puts together a magic-based team called the Shadow Pack, which is a more light-hearted and fun parallel to the modern Justice League Dark books. Also, in this Outsiders issue, we get teased with the new secret society of supervillains, which is the focus of the Villains United Limited series. The Secret Society itself is a key player in the overall Infinite Crisis story as we begin to figure out exactly where Earth-3 Alexander Luthor and Earth-Prime Lex Luthor have and haven't been in all the appearances of Lex over the time between Countdown to Infinite Crisis and the conclusion of Infinite Crisis. And trust me, folks, it matters. But not just that. We get to see the villains teaming up and working for a mutual goal, similar to the classic Legion of Doom on Super Friends. Granted, this mass villain team-up got used far too much following all this, but it was a great experience at the time. And I believe that's most of the major storyline connections. But what about this issue standing out other than that? Well, for starters, there's Thunder and Grace. That's right, TV stars Thunder and Grace. Now, granted, Grace is far different on TV than she is here, but both characters have become a decent part of one of the most popular CW superhero shows. 
so there's no denying their staying power. But is that all? Oh, goodness, no. I really like that this team has such an outstanding roster. I'm not a huge fan of Roy as Arsenal right at this moment, but aspects of this version influence the writers of the Young Justice animated series, and it shows. Metamorpho Clone Shift was rarely my favorite character, but it was an interesting way to use Metamorpho without using Metamorpho. Baggage-free shapeshifter? Eh, essentially. Jade has... well, Jade has rarely been used as effectively as this. Jade as a team leader was outstanding. I mean, this is way post-Kyle Rayner breakup. Jade is ready to be more than just the sidekick, Infinity Inc. alumnus, daughter to Alan Scott, etc. She's a powerhouse, and shown to be a fleshed-out character, and honestly, I really miss that. Hell, I just miss Jade. Seriously, DC, I miss Jade. And let's not forget Captain Marvel Jr. This era of Freddie Freeman is probably the best he's ever looked and some of the better written moments for the character. Winnick definitely got these characters and knew where he wanted to take them. So, that is a quick, quick summary of things. This was indeed a fun and exciting time for DC Comics. We didn't have the revolving plot carousel of dark and gritty, darker and grittier, go back to basics, repeat, coming in yet. It was coming, but not, not on the same two to three year cycle it has been in recent decades. This was a time when it seemed like they were really ready to cha charge forward into a combination of familiar and unfamiliar territory, where heroes were still heroes, and it was so enjoyable to see them stop the bad guys. In short, pick up this issue. Grab the ones that follow so you can get the whole story. And really, pick up a ton of other stuff from this era. So many stories were so much fun. And honestly, you'll probably be like me. I had memories of some parts of this era being too dull or too dark. Those memories are very wrong. This era is a bright light of excitement and interesting details of an interconnected story verse that knew where it was going and wanted to tell exciting adventures. Oh, those adventures. They kept the readers coming back month after month. If you've never ventured into this era, give it a try. If you just haven't revisited it in a while, isn't it time you came back? For more JLMA coverage, be sure to check out Views from the Long Box, the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Married with Comics, the Task Force X Podcast, the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, the Dr. DC Podcast, the Relatively Geeky Podcast, Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace, Everyone Loves the Drake, It All Comes Back to Superman, Pop Culture Affidavit, the Fan Holes Podcast, the Birds of Prey Podcast, and Justice's First Dawn. Links available in the show notes or on our website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. You can also follow the hashtag JLMay2020. If you're looking to specifically follow this section of Countdown to Infinite Crisis, i.e. what Outsiders number 29 ties into, I suggest specifically checking out FW Presents from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, the Birds of Prey podcast, and the Dr. DC podcast, 
which all tie in to Day of Vengeance, as well as Pop Culture Affidavit, which deals with the return of Donna Troy, because, frankly, it brings in the Titans and the Outsiders. Alrighty, so with that, we'll take another quick promo break, and I'll be back with some listener feedback. Evolution is a constant, even for the world's greatest superheroes. Founding members have departed, new members have stepped in to fill the ranks, and their final memories of Happy Harbor are of a stunning betrayal and the loss of their secret sanctuary. But there is only one place to go for the Justice League of America, as they march into the Bronze Age of Comics, straight up! More precisely, 22,300 miles up above the Earth. Welcome to a bold new era for Justice's First Dawn, a classic Justice League of America podcast. Your host, Mike Peacock, invites you to make yourself comfortable for over 100 issues and their very first annual with the League as they enter the much-beloved satellite era. Here's a brief sampling of the thrills and chills that await your podcast catcher. A veritable who's who of new members, such as the Elongated Man, Red Tornado, Zatanna, and Firestorm. Surprise membership returns, more epic team-ups with the Justice Society of America, along with appearances by the Legion of Superheroes, the All-Star Squadron, the New Gods, and even a combination of the DC Universe's greatest heroes of history, a galaxy of superstar writers such as Denny O'Neill, Len Wein, Steve Englehart, and Jerry Conway. The longest artistic run in the book's history by the astonishing Dick Dillon, along with contributions by Neil Adams, Don Heck, George Tusca, Rich Buckler, and George Perez. All this and more surprises and excitement await you in this new phase of Justice's First Dawn. Come along with Television's Era Certified Super Friends at classicjla.podbean.com or subscribe to the show via iTunes. Oh yeah, and there's the debut of Ultra. Yay! Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with me. This lovely feedback section is where I get to thank everybody for all the likes, shares, retweets, all that fun stuff. Just as a reminder, on the last episode, we covered The Dark, Volume 2, Number 1. And that got likes, shares, retweets, all the fun stuff from over on Twitter, Professor Frenzy, Jim at Canada Daredevil, Longbox Crusade, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Billy Delicious, Kirk Spencer has had too much Benadryl at Big Army 5, or sorry, Big 5 Army, Arkin of Law, Portugoth at Lopesca 73885131, Green Lantern HG, Chris A. Field, Ali V, Eric Kent, Trekker Talk, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Chris Tados, Warlock Thanos Podcast, David Gallagher, Christopher Hamby, and Scott Weatherly. Over on Facebook, we got likes and shares from Pat Sampson, Jerry Green, Mike Peacock, Al Sedano, Jonathan Schaefer-Hames, Gene Hendricks, Mike Garvey, Hal Jordan, Michael Lane, and Nicholas Prom. Over on Twitter, we got some feedback 
from Eric Kent. He says that he has this issue, but it's been a long time since he read it. Well, maybe I got you to dive back into some of your long boxes there, Eric. The Incredible Mark says, Is this the book that was done by Stroman at some point? He did like one issue and disappeared? Was that the dark, or am I thinking of another book? Well, I dug into it, and Mark is absolutely right. Stroman did do one issue, and then didn't come back for anything else. So I don't know what happened there, but I'd kind of like to see that issue. And Green Lantern HG says, Not something I'm familiar with, but it's a good thing that I listened to this episode. Now I'm going to have to check it out. Well, I hope you did, HG. I hope you did. Alright, that's a quick bit of feedback, but it wraps it up all nice and neat. And I'm going to turn you guys loose to go explore more JLMA coverage. Come back next episode where we'll check out the Ranthanagar War. And until next time, this is the place where the coffee is never too cold and the comics are never too old. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Thank you.